Are we ready to start? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> cool. <laughs> That's going to be the intro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ever since you said the whole beef thing, I can't get out of my head. I smell like <sighs> beef. <laughs> I smell like beef. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Welcome back, listeners, to the show of requirement, a Harry Potter podcast streaming exclusively, exclusively. on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. I'm Abby Tooley, your host for today, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, David Gonzalez and Spencer Price. Today, we'll be continuing our rewatch series by reviewing Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And I'm excited about this one. I want to hear about Spencer's beef. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not getting into all the beef right now. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I'm saving my beef for later. <laughs> well, I think I think what needs to be said is I guess we can go ahead and 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 announce this now since I'm I've I've been excited for us to kind of release this news oh, yeah. for a while now. Yeah, it's time. And so listeners, here here's the great news. Abby, we've enjoyed having her on this show so much that starting in season two, she was going to be a permanent member of the show of requirement to Harry Potter podcast. Uh, and so this is Abby's first show that she's hosting. It'll, and so it will definitely be on a rotation to kind of, you know, get some continuity going, but I, I'm excited that for season two, this is going to be how the show works. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm super glad and thankful to you guys for having me on and continuing to ask me back for continual episodes. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, I did ask Abby to host this one, mostly because I was like, I'm not sure if she's going to be back any more episodes of this year. Uh, and the other reason was David and I... I was going to say we used to disagree about this movie, but that would involve me having a change of opinion about this movie. <laughs> and I don't. So David and I just have differing opinions. Not saying, Abby, you have to be middle of the road or one one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe just having a non-biased host of the yeah. episode might be yeah. good. That's fair. Yeah, that's a, that was a great idea, I would say. <laughs> I think we should. I think we can at least say that this movie is not every Harry Potter fan's favorite. Might be the most divisive. I mean, cursed child aside, obviously. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I I can I can see that for sure. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about it, what would you guys rate this film on a scale of you know one to ten, maybe? Niffler pastries. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer, uh, please. No, you got to go first. I got to think of what my rating scale is. <sighs> Man, you know, as as funny and hilarious as I am, uh, I can't really think of a funny rating that I would give it. 
So I, I would just say I watched it to today. Like mm. I watched all of it today. Um, and I would give it a 9.5 out of 10. Mm. Like I love this movie. I love pretty much every aspect of this movie. Um, and I just, I just really had a fun time. Uh, and I guess I can go into specifics, but we, we can kind of wait on that mm-hmm. just so that way I know that Spencer and I, were going to go back and forth <laughs> on this one, um, which is, which is perfectly fine. I'm okay with that because I'm okay that we I have think, different opinions. I think that's yeah, fine. And, and, I think yeah. it's fun. And, and I think the thing, the thing that I love about disagreeing, especially with your friends is that, you know them so well that, you know, I'm not going to change their mind. There's nothing I oh, can I, do I to do change Spencer's mind. Uh, <laughs> and so, so this is going to be fun. But yeah, I, I, like I said, I love this movie. I love this series just as a whole. Um, which makes me probably the most optimistic for the secrets of Dumbledore. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We will get there. Abby? I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed okay. it a lot. Like, I still had fun watching, but I don't like it as much as I liked the first one. But I still had fun with it. I mean, it's it's darker than the first one, but it's still good. I see Spencer's face. Listeners can't see Spencer's <laughs> face, but I can see Spencer's face. And I'm really curious to know what he I has just, to say. I just don't want to be... I'm not like I'm going to be ran out of the room. No, no. It, it's you okay. Go ahead. You, you know, go ahead. There's someone yeah, you out go there. ahead and then we'll There's run you some out, listener out, the out there that thinks this movie's trash. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yep. And I'm not gonna It'll be on I'm your not, side. I'm not. I'm not gonna make them. Yeah, I'm not gonna make them do them proud. But at least I'm someone that's somewhat in their camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm gonna give it like five out of ten. Is kind of what I was thinking going in. Yeah. Uh. And by the five, of course, I mean the three women that are in love with Newt's commander mm. and two very cute Niffler babies. Mm. Um, That's sweet. That's a sweet yeah. rating. Yeah. I'm okay with the, that. I liked it. And then the other five are those like random uh, sidekicks of, Gr- of Grindelwald that none of us remember. I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one was from the first movie, but yeah, don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I definitely I respect your opinion, Spencer. I I definitely think that it wasn't as good as the first one, and I think I, might, this I one... might jump to a six by the end of this conversation. Yeah. That tends to happen where I'm like, oh, you know what? I did like a lot of this movie, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and Spencer and I, I did talk about. <laughs> We're not going to get into <laughs> your personal issues. <laughs> um... <laughs> I have a lot of issues. <laughs> This is not a uh, Dr. Fraser Crane podcast. Nope. Tuzzer and I did both say before you got on, David, that the last time, like, we watched this just shortly after we did the last one. And mm-hmm. so it's been a, like, a, a little, a little like, over now. a week. Yeah, over a week yeah. since we've seen it. So we're not as fresh as your eyes are. I rewatched yeah. some clips. So. Yeah. That you did better than me. I went back and reviewed <laughs> my notes that was, like, just running commentary on the exactly. movie. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my notes page was titled uh, Crimes of Grindy Notes. 
Oh, nice. Mm. It's pun on Grindelwald and Grindelows. Uh-huh. I was pretty proud I of that. I give that a five out of ten. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I thought about introducing this episode, I almost, I wanted to say the crimes of Grindelwald, but I decided against it. <laughs> okay, can I, can I just say, I, f- I feel so bad for the people that I talk to about Harry Potter with. Um, and I think I think it's mostly my wife, Alicia. <laughs> to where when I'm talking to her about it, I always say, you know, the crimes of Grindelwald. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I sound like such a pretentious snob. <laughs> but I had to stop myself from saying it. It's fair. I think we can we can choose pick and choose. I won't judge you for whichever yeah. one you decide. Is Crimes of Grindelwald an accurate title of what's going on in this movie? Uh, I don't think I mean, it's talking about question, what he's Spencer. done. It does start it's out with him, right? It starts out with him, you know, being in prison and getting like transferred. So like, he's mm-hmm. committed crimes, and we're seeing him escape from the consequences of those crimes. But we don't really get into the what specifically did he do? I mean, right? One crime is the hair, but <laughs> like, of... are you talking about his like the hair that he has to start, or the hair he that he should have had the with. hair that he has to start? The whole I movie. absolutely agree. Yeah, I do but he not had to disagree go back with you at all. To the, the end of the first one, I feel one like it continuity. was less spiky in yeah. this one, which they, I like. They did tone it back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I did mention this earlier, but I do feel like I like was more at peace with Johnny Depp in this one than I was in the first one. I was too. I was more on this one for that. I will yeah. give him more props. I mean, I, and I've I've always said, Spencer knows this, I've always said from the beginning, I had no problems with Johnny Depp mm-hmm. as Grindelwald. So, again, on the, I guess on the rewatch of this one, I just, again, he is hands down amazing. And I love him mm-hmm. as Grindelwald. I think he gives an amazing performance, re- really yeah. good. It, I don't know. I just really like Johnny Depp just as an actor, period. Mm-hmm. I'm just a fan. I think most of my problem is just like if you look more like Johnny Depp and less like that. But mm. I think just the, the, the design choices, they just had to stick with him. And mm-hmm. they did tone him back a little bit, but he just looks a little weird. Right. Yeah. The abundance of blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a John Green book. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's the parody of the the rated R spy movie Atomic Blonde, Abundance of Blonde. Mm, there you go. <laughs> well, anyways, I did notice that when this one opened, the opening music was darker and creepier as we <laughs> began this film, which set a good tone for the opening scene. I feel like. Yeah, um, for sure. And um, I, I think I and this is what I'm saying. I think this is why I loved this score probably more than mm-hmm. the first one especially the intro because yeah. the intro was just like you said it was a lot darker it was a little bit more ominous it fit the kind of movie so basically it set the tone for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. very very well um and i think that opening scene just in general was extremely important because it it shows you kind of grindelwald is dangerous Mm -hmm. and we see how he's dangerous not just with his magic but also like they were saying with his his ability to influence people Mm 
to turn people to his side. Um, because unless I'm mistaken, I can't remember his name, but it was a guy who ended up pretending to be Grindelwald. Abernathy? He, he yeah, he I was wasn't Crombie, but I know that's right. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't on Grindelwald's side, I think, in the first one. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that Grindelwald turned while being in prison. Yeah. So we get to see a Grindelwald being established as a character that is dangerous in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. And we see that throughout the film. Uh, fun tidbits that they just keep throwing in. I'm pretty sure he had the Elder Wand. Yeah, he did. Yeah. In the yeah. first, he did. I didn't I didn't I didn't really take good notice of his wand the rest of the movie, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was important. Um it also kind of proves that I guess J.K. Rowling was being more subtle than in Deathly Hollows because they really made it feel like it had to be passed by death. Mm-hmm. But obviously Harry beats Voldemort, spoiler alert for a book that came out like 15 years ago. Like Harry beats Voldemort because the wand does not pass via death. Mm-hmm. But like right. we learn in Deathly Hollows through Voldemort that Grindelwald is still alive. He's in prison. So obviously that's how like Dumbledore is the rightful owner, but he didn't have to kill Grindelwald to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I didn't struggle with that as much because we remember that Harry became the owner of the Elder Wand because he disarmed Draco, who had disarmed Dumbledore yeah. before Dumbledore died. And yes. Draco didn't die. But it, yeah, it, you're right. It was, it was very we- death heavy at the beginning. Yep. Uh, I have two pieces, two little notes I made from the mm-hmm. beginning uh, scene. I don't remember if it said, uh, David, you'll help me here. Somewhere, it, someone said it out loud or it was put on text, American Ministry of Magic. Yes, I actually noticed that. It's as Magical well. Congress of the United States. We established that in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there could be an easy I think it's just trying to for that. a wider audience. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe someone there was enough people who made a complaint about it in the first movie to say, "Eh, we don't like it. like it to be called that," and so they just changed it. Um, but yeah, I did notice that that it was called American Ministry of Magic. Yeah, and I said that's not what it was called in the first film. Uh, what would the acronym for that be? Well, no one knew. A-M-M? <laughs> I guess A-M-M. it's M O M. A M A Mom. A Mom. A mom. I'm going to stick with Mekuza. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing, the, the destroy wand ability mm-hmm. that he does is dumb. Yeah. Because why didn't Voldemort or Dumbledore do that literally all the time? Because wizards, like, unless you're basically Dumbledore, can't really do that much magic without a wand. And it's mm-hmm. very difficult to get one. So if you can just destroy a wand, it's... It's just as bad. It's it's worse than taking away somebody's gun in a battle. Like, it takes away 90% of what the person can do, if not more. Mm. Well, I think that's where we get into there's new things that can be done in the wizarding world that we're exploring now. And you can say, we can even say that destroying wands is extremely difficult and can be rarely done. 
and Dumbledore doesn't do it because that's not his style. But Voldemort would. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I want to say this. Mm. I don't think Voldemort is as as powerful as Grindelwald or Dumbledore. Okay, I had a question about this. This is something that I was that I put down. I said, who would win in a fight, Prime Grindelwald or Prime Voldy? Mm. No, David. What do you think? I think it's prime Grindelwald. Like, mm. I'm sorry. I, that's just my opinion. I don't think that if Voldemort can't move against Dumbledore and is fearful of Dumbledore I mean, and Grindelwald is his equal, I don't see how Voldemort is can beat Grindelwald in a fight. I just don't. Mm. I, I think Grindelwald is a lot. He he obviously is the, really he's the evil version of Dumbledore, in that he. That's, does that's not, a really good point. Voldemort just shoots Avada Kedavra curses like all the time. We saw it in the book yeah. and the yes. movie. He's Correct. very creative with his. He's very powerful with his magic. He's Voldemort's kind of a bruiser almost with magic. Like that's his. That's his like attack strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas Dumbledore and Grindelwald, which. If we ever finish the, they ever finish these five movies, we'll actually get to see this battle. It will certainly be awesome because they're going to do a lot more creative magic. And so, yes, mm-hmm. I would probably say Grindelwald's probably a better wizard if he can do it. If Grindelwald can do everything Dumbledore can do, which for right now we don't know, most mm-hmm. likely yes. Yeah. Uh, but Dumbledore is obviously the top dog yeah. of these three. Yeah. yeah. Because. Voldemort almost beat Dumbledore, but Dumbledore was like 115 years old. Mm. So if you got like Jude Law, Dumbledore going against Voldemort, it's like, it's over. Mm-hmm. Even in yeah. the first Wizarding World War, Voldemort wouldn't mm-hmm. fight Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's fair. Yeah. So th- that's why I said maybe this wand, destroying wand's ability... Is something only Grindelwald and Dumbledore can do, but Dumbledore just wouldn't fight that way. I think Grindelwald mm-hmm. wouldn't fight that way usually, so it just feels out of character for him as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I guess he hates these people, you know? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, he could have just been like, oh, all this, both Scamanders, Lula Strange, and all these other people, whisk, mm-hmm. no war ones. But he wouldn't yeah. do that mm-hmm. because right. he doesn't, he wants people to join his cause. And well, and again, I think the reason why he does it is again to show his his strength and to show his power. It doesn't make the audience really. Yeah. And so I wouldn't think about it too much. Yeah, I'm sorry. We spent like five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that. I I promise my 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 list of notes is is not that long. That was just (laughs) just something. Well, and I think it's important that opening scene again really set a tone for the movie and i did like Mm -hmm. i think that opening scene was pretty cool all the the strange like i think i missed the first time around that they removed his tongue and i was like oh shoot no they thought about removing his tongue yes and i was like ah how awful would that be (laughs) but then also like he apparated onto a moving object which i didn't really ever think about being a thing which i feel like is impressive but maybe oh that's impressive that's yeah, that is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but also I just felt like it was a really interesting scene altogether, and I thought it was pretty epic. But you're right, the whole wand thing was was interesting for sure. Moving on, I noticed that I still like love Newt Scamander, and I think he's such a Hufflepuff. Whenever <laughs> he said at one point in the movie, he's like, "I don't do sides," and I was like, "Oh, that's such a Hufflepuff thing to say." Newt, Newt's got a bunch of weird. Fun quotes in this movie that I love. Yeah. Did you write them down? Yes. Nice. Uh, well, there's the one he's, there's the, there's one of his big quotes. He says, there are no strange creatures, only blinkered people. Mm. And then I don't think I wrote this one down, but he talks about how Tina's gone middlehead. And he's talking about the three heads of the rune spore or something <laughs> like that. And the one is the middle of the road. And all these people mm-hmm. want to kill him or they want, like, to follow Grindelwald. So you've got Middlehead. Yep. That's, I mean, there's the face that Tina gives to respond to that is just priceless. Mm-hmm. I was rewatching the scene today. She's like, how many people use that phrase, Mr. Scamander? And he's like, I think just me. <laughs> At least he admits it. So good. I loved, one, I love that Jacob came back. We talked about this at the end of the last one. <laughs> Jacob's so, Jacob, just Newton, it's Newton Jacob mostly. It's most yeah. why I love this movie. Their relationship yeah. is so good. And I think it's even better, like, in this movie, too, getting to yeah. see them. Again, it, it's that first scene when they kind of all get back together. So Jacob, Queenie, and Newt, they get yeah. in that same room. And it's funny because, like, once he... Like when he, when Newt's gonna like basically take out you know the charm that's placed on him or the jinx by Queenie. Mm-hmm. He says, "What are you gonna do, Mister Scamander?" Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he's just like, "Where the hell are we right now?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "You're you're in London." And he's like, "Great, I always wanted to go here." <laughs> like Jacob's just amazing, and I and uh, that conversation that Jacob and Queenie have out in the street. Mm is perfection because again what this movie what this movie and also the first movie does i think way more than it does in the original harry potter series it it's telling you more about the culture in its time between wizards and non-wizards of relationships marriages with one another perception is everything yeah um and so while many people may say that there's probably too many storylines and too many themes in this movie for it to all make sense. Sorry, I'm, wait, I'm raising my hand because yeah. that's me. And, 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 and trust me, I, I understand that. But for me, I love all of that. Uh, and the fact that this still seems to make it in there and it does make sense for having Jacob there. If this if this theme, if this story wasn't in the movie, Jacob would have no reason to mm-hmm. be in these movies. Um but again, I think it it has to do with just how great Jacob is as a character overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that his relationship with Newt is a special one, even even after losing Queenie, he he's not necessarily dejected. He's not necessarily like, oh, my life is over. 
he's still going to be like, okay, we got to find Queenie. We got to find Tina, all this kinds of stuff. And he's ready to go. And I don't know. It's just amazing. Yeah. Definitely a fun Easter egg I want to get in before I forget. At the very end, there's that shot of everybody on the on the famous Hogwarts bridge. And Jacob is just looking super confused. He's kind of looking <laughs> off to the side. And I don't I really hope this was on purpose because Jacob can't technically see Hogwarts. Oh, that is such a good point. And so when that. well it's it's there's one of two things that happens. So either he's seeing magical ruins, right? There's also some other spell, and this might have been just at the World Cup, but I think, I'm pretty sure Hogwarts has this as well. When you mm-hmm. get too close as a muggle, you start remembering something that you've terribly forgotten, and you have to get back to where you're going. And so mm-hmm. Jacob is being, like, just hit with all these magical enchantments against muggles, and he's just horribly confused. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that that was the And he's just in the back. That would be I'm awesome. like, it has to be on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. If nothing be else, Dan Foley is just putting two and two together <laughs> yeah. for us. But it's just funny. Yeah. It's just a funny tidbit. I will admit that I do think that part of this movie, why I liked it less than the other one, was because there were so many different storylines going on, like David was mm-hmm. talking about, like, there was the overall the overall war happening, but also the Lestrange storyline, trying to follow that, and then also trying to follow Credence, but then also trying to follow, uh, I almost said Grindelwald, wow, um, Dumbledore and Grindelwald, I almost mashed their names. <laughs> um, I don't know, there were just so many, <laughs> yeah, Grindledore. there were so many different things to follow that mm-hmm. it was a little confusing at times, because I was like, the heck, who is Credence? What's happening? So Why I, I will back? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say that the first time that I saw this movie, I was all kinds of confused afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I think after seeing it for, I think maybe the seventh time, I think this Ooh. is time number seven. Like I, I under, shouldn't require I, that many watches. To well, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that it took me seven. It probably took mm-hmm. me just one more rewatch to get everything. Uh, so now I'm just like, I'm able to distinguish it easily. Like it's not confusing to me. Um, it is a lot. I'm not going to say that it's not because it is a lot. Um, so I think that's why this movie falters for a lot of people mm-hmm. because there is so much going on. Like, I mean, let's look at it in that one scene. And I know we're kind of jumping around, but that's perfectly okay. But in that one scene where we're learning about the Lestrange, you know, whole ordeal, who's in that scene? The like uh, Lita Lestrange, everybody. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's the thing. Lita yeah. Lestrange is in there. Credence is in there. Uh, and then we go straight into the Grindelwald stuff, like right after that. Mm-hmm. So we get hit with this complete like plot twist and there's no time to recover we're already off to the next thing usually what a movie does is that they'll give you a plot twist and they'll give you it and and that's basically the time to where you can decompress you can kind of wrap your brain around what's going on like the movie and we follows don't that thread for a bit right mm-hmm. but we don't do that that doesn't get resolved again until the end of the movie so you're talking about another 30 minutes Mm -hmm. 
to where that plot twist happens, but we don't get either a resolution or we don't even get anything thought out. And we're, we're, I'm tapping into my beef section, but I'm not going to go in there right now. But most of that is J.K. Rowling is a mostly a book writer. This is her second screenplay. Mm-hmm. She does not write movies like for a living. And so she doesn't, I guess, follow a suit that other people do, which can be a good and a bad thing, I guess. I think the last movie was a little more straightforward. So that's why I'm like, I don't know if it's like she's always been that way, you know, J.K. Rowling should be writing movies like I'm wagging my finger at this guy (laughs) for all the people that are not watching the video that doesn't exist. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe now would be a good time to talk about what I do like about this movie, though. Yeah, go okay. for it. For one, we didn't mention it, but the score is great. James Dude and Howard worked really hard on the score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salamander Eyes is my favorite track mm. for me. Oh, yeah, uh, that's sweet. It's so good. I was going to look up if there was a parody of Betty Davis Eyes with Salamander Eyes, but <laughs> I, did, I forgot. So Probably if not. it does exist, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> give you guys a shout out. Uh, but my favorite scene probably is Jude Law Dumbledore and Newt Scamander in the streets of London. It's like very early on in the film, but it's really good. Like the magic with the hand in the air Mm -hmm. and just all of that. And then classy Jude Law. Mm -hmm. It's just great. And he just fills Mm -hmm. the, he fills the role of Dumbledore so organically. Absolutely. I I can't fault that at all. Like I can't, that's, that's the part of the movie that I really love. And of course, Newt's relationship. And they fill in. There's a couple of scenes in this movie that are just exposition dumps. We've already mentioned one. Uh, The other ones in the Ministry of Magic, when they're trying to recruit Newt, they're like, Credence is in Paris, and he survived, and this and this, and this and this. (laughs) It's not, this is like, Dumbledore and Newt's scene does a lot of exposition in a clever way Mm -hmm. without it being just kind of almost looking at the camera and telling you what's going on. Right. And it's a it's just great. And they just have great chemistry immediately. Yeah. I think they have fantastic chemistry. And I honestly I love seeing a young Dumbledore in his element as a professor, like watching him when he's in Hogwarts doing Defense Against the Dark Arts for just mm-hmm. that little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I, apparently he was teaching mostly transfiguration and charms, so I don't know why he was teaching defense against the dark arts. But well, well, I don't know. It, it said that there's a lot of creative liberty. He could teach anything. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's the greatest wizard of all time, mm-hmm. uh, and so basically anything with a wand he could probably teach. Right. And and it does say on his kind of Harry Potter fandom profile that in the 1910s. And then probably in some of the 20s, he was a defense against the dark arts. And then he became like the head of the, you know, transfiguration, which then asked, which then begs the question, what does McGonagall do then? Because she's already there. Yeah. She should not be there. (laughs) I kind of, I, I agree with that. So funny thing about the fandom, I've noticed that it's been changed since the movie. Because I read things like around when the movie came out and those Mm -hmm. and like, like, for example, McGonagall's birth date was on there and now Mm -hmm. it is not. Mm. Yeah. 
And that's because people did the math back. I'll come back to that. But she, <laughs> but she shouldn't be there. But yeah, so it's okay. He can teach anything. Uh, I think it's more like he taught transfiguration in like the 20 odd years. Mm-hmm. So like where Tom Riddle went to, to Hogwarts. They could mm-hmm. have actually put uh, Horace Slughorn in this mm-hmm. movie because he actually was there teaching. Yeah. But they didn't, so that's fine. It's all right. It's all well, I also loved seeing Dumbledore interact with Lita whenever she was having her Oh, that's a beautiful scene. Moment. That's, that's a, a beautiful really scene. good scene. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I just love Dumbledore, I think. And Jude well, Law, again, fantastic. Yeah, again, it, it's, it's just one of those things to where... I think that's where Dumbledore and Newt are pretty much the same, is that they can still see the good in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to where I think even Dumbledore probably still sees some good in Grindelwald. I mean, he knows what he has to do, and he knows that he has to take him down. Yeah. But there's still kind of like a sadness that that overtakes him. It's, it's not anger. It's not, um, I'm just completely done with you. It's just... This this is this is what it is, and I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. And with so that kind of scene with Lita, for me was important just for the character of Dumbledore because it, yeah. it establishes that he sees the good in people even when other people don't. The other scene that I really loved was Newt's basement. It's mostly <laughs> a continuation of the suitcase scene from the first one. It yeah. It's pretty much it's just so like, oh, good. people really like this part, so we're just going to do another one of those. Uh, but the baby Niffler shooting <gasps> off the cork in slow I cannot. motion was, I such a, yeah. it was very, oh, very cute. It's really good. It was so cute. I and wrote down. I feel down bad for Bunty. <laughs> oh, me too. She I don't. Him. No one cares. No one cares. Newt doesn't. No care. one cares. I don't know how anyone can meet Newt and not just love him, though. That's the thing. Yeah, he's just. We all... So get in line, Bunty. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down as I was watching the movie. I put in capital letters "baby li- baby nifflers" with a bunch of exclamation points because I think that was like the cutest scene ever. Again, I think they're mischievous, and I always get like secondhand like annoyance <laughs> or like embarrassment <laughs> about them. But the babies were adorable. I loved it. I think then Baby Lifflers probably take the cake, but the I love the beast that we see for like two seconds and then we move on to the next thing. <laughs> and they don't do any, they don't tell us what they are or anything because there is that weird moose antler thing with three eyes that's just like, <laughs> and it just, yeah, it just moves on. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's kind of you my know favorite why? thing. I think, I think there's a reason for that. They really want to push the book sales for you actually getting Fantastic Beasts and where to find that's them. Fair. Mm, that's, that's fair. That's they, fair. They definitely want you to grab that book and to be looking through it as you're watching this movie. I considered it after watching the last movie. <laughs> but I love the uh, the Chinese yeah. fair. What's it called? The, I forgot. David wrote them down. Yeah, it's uh, Zo, yeah, the Z- Zawu or something like that. Yeah. Sorry. That might be a butcher, but that's okay. Yeah, like the zoo. No, that's yeah. Not right. <laughs> it's, it's a, like it's a, a zoo. Z- yes, Zowu. yes. Zowu. That, Zowu. Was, that was great. Was I like how Tina, how Tina got it back in the case. Yeah, yeah. A little, little toy. Mm-hmm. I 
honestly had forgotten because I've only seen this movie like two or three times total. But I had totally forgotten about Nagini. I completely forgot about it. I forgot about the whole storyline. Oh, Spencer. I don't, I, I don't like it. I, I saw your face. <laughs> I can understand that. I, just, I, I honestly can. I, un- I, I can understand that. Yeah. It's yeah. a big, it's a big change. And it yeah. doesn't, and, it, and I don't feel the need of seeing it in this movie with so many other things going on that mm-hmm. we should be focusing on more. And yeah. I feel bad that now we have this human character that's just thrown into these movies. And I feel bad for her, honestly. Like, I feel bad that she has this really sad story and she's going to yeah. turn into a snake that's a horcrux. And that's off, like, and Voldem- an awful she's going to be Voldemort's pet. Animal character. Does Voldemort yeah. even know that? Why Why was she a human before? So many questions and very few answers. It does really make you feel pity for her and like empathize with her. And I never thought that I would have to do that with a snake. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel empathy for her, but I'm like the anger part of it is mostly yeah. at J.K. Rowling for putting it in this movie. <laughs> so... I'm okay with it. It's, and it's I think it and I think it could still be done very well. I think I like that she's on the If it's the good a guy's if it's a 5 movie, the movie deal. I wish that they would have waited for this part of like splitting her up from Credence till like the fourth mm-hmm. movie. Because it feels a little bit too soon cuz now it feels like okay, we We've kind of rushed, and I guess, man, I wish we could. I might, I, I might do a rewrite, like a rewrite mm-hmm. set, uh, like session with this, because if I was kind of rewriting this, I would, I would have had Nagini go with Credence. Well, and for a great her opportunity, to, yeah, there's a great opportunity still that they're probably already jumping on, where Nagini's gonna. Like credence is going to be Nagini's downfall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I was really curious to know where they were going to go with her storyline because they threw her in, and so now I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? Yeah, <laughs> so we know what, how what's she ends next up. for her? Yeah, what's next for her? And I think that's a fair question. Yeah, so that is really, really fascinating. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something else that I had written down that. Sorry, jumping back really fast that I did want to talk about um, with the Dumbledore and Newt, um, with him sending him back again after Grindelwald. Um, it just made me think about how Dumbledore is just sort of like this mastermind again <laughs> that is just kind of in control of everything and is just, it, it's like comforting in a way. It's like the opposite of Palpatine in Star Wars. Like he's. A genius mastermind but in a good way <laughs> where i'm like comforted that i know that he's kind of trying to control things yeah but. and i could i guess i can see where where that's frustrating for the ministry mm-hmm. because but but it's one of those things to where it it, it baffles me that they are incapable of trusting him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really the Travers. Yeah, and we're so supposed like to hate like him, I said, yeah, exactly. Like I said with um, 
what was the character in the first movie? What was his name? Uh, 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 Graves. Oh, Graves. uh, Graves. 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 Yeah. Well, I hated Graves. I also hated Travers. And you're Mm -hmm. supposed to, Spencer. You're absolutely right. And I hated his guts because he he made no sense, like, throughout the entire movie. Like, I I can't even talk about it just because it's so frustrating. But, like... He's rude to students. He's rude to his own staff and employees. He's just a bitter man. And I'm like, how did he mm-hmm. become the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement? Like how? Right. And again, again, that, that I think that answers that bigger question of or has that bigger conversation of the world, the state of the wizarding world at that time of these were the kinds of people who were in power. And it's and I love the line with Dumbledore where he said where he says but I'll tell you your policies of oppression are driving people into the hands of Grindelwald yeah uh and Travers paid no attention to that warning he says I could care less for your warnings and that is the most frustrating part about all of this but I think again it's it shows beautifully how Grindelwald is able to gain more and more followers. It's not just his words, but he anticipates how people are. And he uses that to his advantage to get what he wants. And that is the spark at the end. Yes. Is one mm-hmm. of Travers guys just killing somebody. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even Theseus says before they even go in, he says, don't be who they, don't be who he says that we are. That is something that I want to give a shout out is I think Theseus commander is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Agreed. He's great. And I'm, Mm -hmm. I really hope he gets more screen time. Me too. There's a hundred other characters at this point, but I hope that he gets some more (laughs) screen time in the next one and him and Newt, their relationship is great. I love that Newt Newt calls him a hugger. I loved getting to explore more of Newt's relationships with other characters and getting to actually meet Lita and getting to meet his brother um, and also his changing relationship with Tina. And it was all really good. Yeah. Poor Tina, man. She thought he had left her. I know. I mean, I guess I can understand the misunderstanding there, but... Man, wizarding newspapers are terrible. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, journalism in the wizarding world is just the worst. Rita Socks. Skeeter, the worst. And it's like it's like Rita Skeeter or the Quibbler, where they're just making up making up crap. Yes, they're so, just making up stuff. Right. So there's, there's either way. Well, I want to jump to like some of the end kind of scenes but is there any other scenes like in the middle that you guys wanted to to hit on Um, before we jump to the end just when newton jacob first get to paris and newt is doing all this cool magic to basically be almost a detective he's like using his skills that he uses probably magic skills that he uses to track creatures he's using that to track tina and there's just a bunch of his creature (laughs) his creature that he's lost I knew David would pick up on that immediately. Uh, I love he's like, she has very narrow feet. Has he noticed that Jacob's like, nope, haven't. (laughs) Can't say that I have. Haven't noticed. Nope. Uh, And then just all the stuff about the salamander eyes. He's like, you didn't say she had salamander eyes, did you? And then he finally 
he doesn't want he doesn't want to yes. go, do Jacob wrong, and Tina finishes the sentence for him. That actually, yeah. that scene, that little tidbit, almost made me tear up a little yeah. bit. What well, the scene that kind of hit me pretty hard was something that I think is a response, and I think it's done really well. You know, when Harry when Harry is looking at the mirror of Eriset in the book, he asks Dumbledore what he sees when he looks into it. And we don't really know, you know, you know how Dumbledore is. He never really answers the question. I think he says an old pair of socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Which we all go, was it really? Yes. And so the fact that that scene was put in there to we get to see what he sees, mm-hmm. again, is one of those powerful moments too where I think again we're supposed to empathize with Dumbledore yeah. of he knows what he has to do but he, he it's not time yet and he is suffering with the consequences of that but no one understands Again, it's one of those things where no one really understands the character of Dumbledore because Dumbledore is so closed off that he doesn't let anybody know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that scene is done well. Yeah. I think this will will transition us into the end, Abby. Mm -hmm. I think it's time for the beef. All right, Spencer, let's get to the beef. We've kind of talked about a bunch of different stuff. That, but McGonagall shouldn't be there. I guess I'll start there. Uh, basically, she worked at the Ministry of Magic for two years after she graduated Hogwarts. And she tells Umbridge that she has been teaching at Hogwarts for 39 years, uh-huh. which that was in 1995, meaning that McGonagall didn't start teaching at Hogwarts until 1956. Uh. And, and she started school in 47 and all of this stuff is going on in crimes of grindelwald in 1927 mm-hmm. yeah so that brings it back to mcgonagall being born in 1935 so, so she's not even born at this time mm-hmm. much less teaching at hogwarts so that's that's fine it just bothers me that they had like a character they could have used and they didn't use. yeah but jim broadbent is also amazing and i wouldn't want him to be replaced uh, the weird whodunit scene I was telling Abby about this yeah. before we started recording but I've seen this two times and I, I watched the scene again just before we started recording and I still don't get 110% of it but it's like it's this scene that just feels really weird and it's so much exposition and J.K. Rowling really likes to write mystery we all know this and I noticed through this reread especially in Goblet of Fire, there's a chapter that's just exposition dump. Mm. All about uh, Barty Crouch Jr. And it just tells the entire story, like filling in all of the gaps from the (laughs) whole time. And that's what this scene is. It's just another one of those. And like Yusef felt so out of place the whole movie. And they're like, well, now we need to explain why Yusef's been around this whole time. And Lita, and it was just like, oh, the baby's dead. No, I killed him. It's like Credence is like, what the heck is going on? And yep. we don't even get a chance to react to it, like David said, because we go straight into this Grindelwald speech. Grindelwald's speech is weird. 
how does he know the future of World War II? And how does a wizard do a magic slideshow? Never seen that before, but they do it twice <laughs> in this movie. Travers does it in the middle of the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. And I'm just like, this just, it feels like they needed something to move the, like the plot along or something. And so that was just a weird thing. Just, oh, and the Niffler almost died. That made me really sad. Um, yeah. uh, and then I guess, yeah, the weird pacing, we already talked about all that with the movie. The last thing, I'm really, really, really ticked off about the Aurelius Dumbledore thing. It's, mm. it's <laughs> so... <laughs> David's putting his hand to his face. It shakes me off so much. And I really, I really had put it to bed. And I was like, you know, it's fine. It doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. And when I was watching the movie, I got so angry in that scene at the end. I was like, almost like pretty much shaking my fist at the screen. I'm like, it's impossible. It cannot work. It just doesn't work. It's just so unlikely and, and full of faults. I just can't wrap my head around it. And it just, ugh. Okay. I think there's part of me that still maybe doesn't believe that he's actually a Dumbledore. No. But I feel like, I don't know. I, I will agree that I feel kind of confused about that because I don't know how it works. Even the, the first reaction I got to it, like when he was saying like, uh, they say that a phoenix always shows to a dum- shows up to a Dumbledore in need. Also, that's a that's Gryffindor sword in Gryffindor. Why are we reusing that theme? Anyway, uh, like a phoenix always shows up to a Dumbledore in need, and I'm like, no, no, no. Well, and, I feel like there are so many other ways they could have gone with Credence's character that if they do go for the Dumbledore route, it's like I don't, I don't know, and I, I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm still torn. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not like angry about it. But I also don't know that I love it. I'm just very confused. Yeah. And not sure if they're just like pulling my leg or not. I know. All right, David. I feel like we need to I'm let sorry. you speak. <laughs> that's, that, that, I really, that's just, that's just, that's, I think I'm out. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Let's do this. Okay. You're not going to change my mind. As we already I'm changed. Your mind. I'm not going to change your mind, but maybe I can, maybe I can calm some people down. Hopefully. You might be able to sway me one way or the other. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Okay, McGonagall thing, no defense whatsoever. I, I agree with you 100%. She shouldn't have been in the movie. Doesn't bother me that much, though, but I yeah. absolutely agree. When we talk about the scene to where, like I said, the, the leader Lestrange thing, the Corvus right. story kind of gets told. Mm-hmm. The reason why that scene works for me isn't necessarily because of the exposition. Again, it's all it's all about setting up credence to go with Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. So he, for him, this is the moment of like the entire movie. He's trying to figure out who he is. He thinks that at this point in time, he is going to find out what his family is. Now, the exposition makes sense because he has no idea what his history is, has no idea who his family is. And so for him to find out who he is, there needs to be exposition to get him to that point. So I was okay with that. But like you said, 
plot twist going straight into another scene. It's too much too soon. Not going to argue against that. In terms of Grindelwald's speech, it was brilliant. Because even, even the flashbacks or like, hey, I'm predicting the future or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just because it hasn't ever happened before doesn't mean that it can't. Because we see the same thing to where everyone was in an uproar with flying Leia in The Last Jedi. The fact that that's never been done before. And so people had a huge beef with it. And I'm just like, okay. For me, it's just like convenience more than like, I don't feel like they like the visual parts just didn't make sense. It just felt like it needed to fill the gaps for the audience. So that might not even come down to the writing. I'm not even getting at what Grindelwald's saying. Right. I'm only talking about like the background. But if you have, but my my thing is in the wizarding world, if you have something like the time turner that can take you back into time, couldn't there also be something to where it can show you glimpses of the future, even without context? Because there's technology in those that were not available in 1927. There's like planes and atomic bombs and right. All this yeah, stuff so, that was definitely so, not yeah. around back then. So none of this ever, like, none of this ever happened, right? I just feel so, like they're not going to answer those questions. Right. And, but again, if if they decide to, that's another thing that they're adding happy to. i they did. And, and they, might, they might in, not. like, some other form of media, or they probably might yeah. not. I Again, those are just issues that I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. focus on in terms of... Like if you're if you're focusing on how did that happen rather than what is actually going on, you're focusing on the wrong thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so and then the the final thing, Aurelius Dumbledore. Right. Haven't we been talking this entire time about how Grindelwald is also a master manipulator, but uh-huh. he bends people down and twists their convictions like he's done with Queenie about her love for Jacob and which we haven't really really talked about a no, lot I'm gonna get which there. I mean I'm gonna, we will I'm get there. but like <laughs> he he likes to twist things and he twists the truth and he uses things to his advantage and so for both things Dumbledore said it is said that a phoenix will sh- show up through a Dumbledore but he doesn't act when they're in need doesn't actually say if that's true or not Grindelwald says it so when he tells first about the phoenix and when he says about you're a Dumbledore can it be possible that he is lying to Credence and he is actually not a Dumbledore or even the phoenix itself is an illusion of something else mm-hmm. and that he's using it again to to fuel the boy into being used for his purposes Absolutely. Yes. And so for, so for us to, and I, and I understand that because it breaks everything that has been established before in the previous seven Harry Potter books. I get that. But lying is also an option because in the last Jedi, Ray is said that she is a nobody. Her parents uh-huh. sold her off for drinking money. 
But we all know that that wasn't true because of what happened in The Rise of Skywalker. And whether you like that she's a Palpatine or not, we know that what was said in one movie doesn't mean it's true because it could be answered differently in another. And I think especially with this, I am going to trust J.K. Rowling one more time to maybe <laughs> fix this. I That's absolutely fair. I think he could be lying as well. In fact, actually, let's say, nay, I'm counting on him to be lying. And you could say that. And if and here's and I'll say this on on our podcast for all of our listeners to hear if that. If it doesn't happen that way, then I will be with you in that and saying that shouldn't have happened. This doesn't make sense. I what's the McGonagall thing? I just feel like it's not a stretch for J.K. Rowling (laughs) to say, no, he really is a Dumbledore. Mm. Mm. I just, I don't know, with the master manipulator that Grindelwald is, I feel like I agree that this seems like another master manipulation. Like, Credence happens to be a Dumbledore, the brother or relative of the nemesis of Grindelwald. And he's Mm -hmm. kind of, it just all, they're trying to like, Grindelwald's trying to fit it to where he can use him as a weapon. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I definitely feel like there could be manipulation there. Spencer, it looks like you're you're going in. Well, just for like the people that don't know, Credence was born like after Dumbledore's parents are dead. Mm-hmm. That's most of why we have an issue with them. Yeah. I think there's a, I had this weird back backdoor theory that the Obscurus could be not from Credence himself, but it could be from Dumbledore's sister. The name's not coming back to me. I thought it was going to. It's gone. Uh, Ariana. Ariana. Yeah. Ariana. So I thought maybe, but I don't think that's actually what's going on here. With something that I do want to say about the the big scene with all of Grindelwald's followers and with him. One, I think Lita's story is just pretty tragic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the trauma and then her very last scene turning and looking at both Scamander brothers and saying, I love you. And you're like, which one? And then you're like, oh, it's probably both of them. And then <laughs> she dies. It's just like, oh, dang. The, the Niffler actually made me more sad than Lita. But <laughs> Le- because he was like on fire and stuff, that was really sad. Right. But he got the blood pack. Uh, <laughs> the actress that plays Lita, which I need to look it up because she's great. She's about to be in the Batman movie. Um, mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah. I just totally blanked on her name. I know who she is. She's the daughter of a really Zoe famous... Kravitz. Yes, Kravitz. And she, yeah, her dad is the uh, the guy from the, that was in the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. But she, oh. yeah, she did a really great job in this movie too. Also, I am heartbroken for Queenie, and I hate that Grindelwald found Queenie at her most vulnerable and just exploited her desires in order to manipulate her into joining. Mm-hmm. His side. Yeah, that was a big kick. That was rough. Yeah. It hurt. Uh, the other thing I forgot to say about the whodunit scene, it's annoying to me that everyone is there because we had to go through so many lengths to get every single character <laughs> there. Like, especially Jacob, because he, because Nicholas Flamel happens to have a crystal ball. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was just like, this is a stretch. Also, like, Nicholas Flamel oh, he's, in general. He's great. No, he should be so here. funny. He is perfect. So funny. He, he is the right age. He is someone that would live in <laughs> yeah. France. The Sorcerer's Stone nod was fun. It, it That all yes. works out. But yeah, the crystal ball thing, I was like, they're really just trying to get everybody to that gravestone, aren't they? Mm, oh, yeah. 
because uh, I think everybody was there. I think the magical law enforcement people were there. So mm-hmm. that can't all be Grindelwald's plan. Some of that's just convenience for getting all the characters there, like Jacob. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. It's a J.K. Rowling style exposition ju- dump chapter, but instead of a chapter, it's a scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I think I've gotten everything I need to get out, though. Yeah. I've covered all my bases. Um, who, for you guys, who was your favorite character in this one? Ray Skywalker. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. Sorry. She's a Palpatine. I'll cut that out. <laughs> um, my favorite uh, character was Aurelius Dumbledore, for sure. <laughs> that might be a real person. Nagini. <laughs> we stand Aurelius Dumbledore. <laughs> we stand Nagini, guys. We want Nagini to make it. I mean, her story is going to end in tragedy 110%. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we already know. I mean, she dies at the hands of Neville, (laughs) but... Oh, shoot. Oof. There's a lot of great performances here. Mm -hmm. Who wants to say Newt's commander then take it? (laughs) Because one of us will take it. I I feel like we're not allowed to say Newt because Newt is our favorite in all of them. And so I just feel like we've got to nix Newt as an answer. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'll just say Albus Dumbledore. Dang it! I was gonna Dang say it. that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I was just gonna say it. <laughs> Wait, we, we can all say it. No, it's not a. Okay, that's yeah. fair. So we're all saying Newt. That's fair. And then we're all saying Albus we're all saying Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> okay, so we all have to choose someone else. <laughs> all, all together now, Jacob. <laughs> uh, that's actually oh. gonna be my next pick. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna give a pump up to Theseus Commander. He's great. Just I really want him a, to have. A, I agree with you, Spencer. I really want him to have a bigger role in the next movie. I hope I really he does. I do too. I just like the relationship they're built and the part at the <laughs> end where uh, Flamel is helping them destroy the fire creature. And oh yeah, both commanders just go doosh with their like wands into the ground. That was that was yeah. cool. And Tina, yeah, was, I Tina was good, but she didn't get enough time. I, that's what that, I was gonna true. say. Is I love mm-hmm. Tina, but I feel like when I was thinking about like her moments in the movie, I didn't feel like there was a lot there. Yep, I agree. I still, I still love Queenie, but I, I just I feel for her. Broken for Man, her in this I hope, movie. I hope her story doesn't end in tragedy. I Me really too. hope. I was just thinking, honestly, I'm like, someone's gonna have to die in the next one, right? No, no, it's no. too soon. It's <laughs> too soon. I mean, it's one of these main characters, Lita, doesn't really count. Cause she was only in this movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Like one, one of the Queenie. one of the group of people from the be- for, from the beginning is gonna have to pass. Whether it's Jacob oh, or man. Queenie or no. I hope, oh no, if they kill Jacob, I'm no, done. I'm they not can't, if they kill Jacob, they no one's gonna they watch They can't these kill any nope. of them. I don't want Tina to die either. <laughs> I don't want Queenie to die. No, I don't want. And we especially um, we well we know that both Tina and Newt don't die. That's true. I forgot about that. We know that, but that is true. Yes. Yeah, because they are married and. But kids. everyone else is free game, unfortunately. I don't want Queenie or Jacob to go. I'm gonna. We need to write some emails. What if they go? To, what if they? What if they die together? Ooh. That sounds like something J.K. Rowling. Would that do. is not what I'm hoping for in Fantastic either, Beasts: The but, Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> but what are you guys hoping for in Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore? Like I said, I think one of my favorite things in the Deathly Hallows book was learning all about Dumbledore's past. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that was that was the thing that I really cling to when I was reading it the first time. Um, 
but I don't know if I really want to see that in this film because yeah, I, I then I because then I feel like the entire movie is just like Spencer was saying expedition ex, exposition of things that we already know. I want more of a streamlined storyline with the next one. Um, it'd be fun if it was some kind of journey where they're trying to break the blood pact, but the war is going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe something with like, you know, Newt's commander and Jude Law Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And like the rest of them going through the world. Well, and it's like Nick and- on the good guy side. Like there's a lot of fun stuff to explore that way. Oh, yeah. I, I think you brought up a good point, Spencer, of... I think what they were trying to do with this movie is they were trying to make it different than the first one. And I think they tried so hard that here's what I'm hoping is that they noticed kind of the criticisms of how they made this movie. And so they're saying, okay, let's go back to basics in the next one. Uh, And even though it's a, even if it's a bigger like production and there's more, more things going on. Maybe it's it's going to be like what you're saying in terms of story to where it's just, it's, you know, one-minded. As we did say, I mean, this movie was delayed because of COVID mostly, but J.K. Rowling also did a rewrite. Mm, and, and that's always good. Uh, in early 2019, right after Crimes of Grindelwald, because it, mm-hmm. it got a bad critical reception. Yeah. And, and it didn't make as much money. So yeah. she did do a rewrite of this movie. I already said that in the, episode, the yearly profit episode. But yeah. yeah, but it's worth repeating again. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am hoping to get more of the Scamander brothers in action together in this mm-hmm. next movie. Um, and also, I just more of Jude Law's Dumbledore. I'd love to have more scenes. And I think we will. But I'm I'm mainly looking forward to the brothers being together and working together. I think that'll be really good. Or at least I'm yeah. hoping that'll be really good. Yeah. See. That'll that'll be great. Um, but now it's time to talk about what's coming next for the show of requirement. Uh so we, we have a writing room session that, that is happening, uh, as we kind of hinted at earlier. And so that's the next thing that we'll get here pretty soon. We'll have uh, one more sorting or a couple more uh, sorting hat chats um, and then a special Thanksgiving episode uh, for the show of requirement, which Spencer and I know what it's going to be uh, and really we love it. Guys. Yeah, we really did. It's going to be a banger for sure. <laughs> uh, you're going to have a banger of a time. I'm going <laughs> to put that on a T-shirt, Spencer. I'm sorry. Can we please make t-shirts? Definitely going to put that on a T-shirt. Uh and then we have one one episode I really don't want to mention because I think it's going to be great. And I think we've talked about it before. Oh, yeah. Maybe we gotta, once we on it. hide that one. So, but I'm going to hide it. And then we got a couple of other stuff. And then we'll be in season two starting in January. Um, so season one's coming to an end here pretty soon. Uh, and then we'll have Abby with us full time right after that. So Ooh. it's going to be a great, great time. Um, any closing thoughts, Abby, Spencer? I love Harry Potter. Forgot. I was going to say that. That was going to be my opener for my beef section. Because you always know, everyone always knows I have beef when I start saying, I love Harry Potter, guys. Yeah. I will ditto my love oh, for I Harry have, Potter. Oh, I have some, uh, some fun posts coming, all you followers of our fan page. H. Yes. Potter, 
H Potter fanatics. No. Yes. yes. H or H P underscore underscore fanatics. On Instagram. On Instagram. So make sure to follow and to share our account so that your other Harry Potter friends can see what we're doing and what's coming up next for us. Also subscribe to us to Spotify so you can be updated with our most recent episode for Abby and Spencer. This is David Gonzalez on the show of requirement exclusively on Spotify. And until next time, mischief managed.